We're back. <laughs> We're delayed. We're back with episode. It's not three. It's four. Episode four of the test reviews. Don't know how yeah. many pods it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quality planning. We're back. Uh, we're here reviewing the Headingley test, which finished a few days ago now. But um, I was away, um, and I also may have forgot. Um, <laughs> um, but we're back with a review. Hello, Jamie. Um, how how excited and happy are you that England won a game and the Ashes are alive? Maybe I am very happy we won, but I'm mm. slightly annoyed. Because now I've oh. changed the thumbnail for the YouTube video. Yeah, you know, I've got to put a one in there instead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got to change the little color on the little. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, going to change it. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm excited to see that. It's going to be quite annoying. It should be very simple, and publishers going to make it <laughs> very bitchy. Probably. Um, but look forward to that on our YouTube. So, you're probably watching it on YouTube if you're seeing our faces. Um, but yeah, England have won the third test. Um, by so keeping the five match series alive, uh, alive and kicking. Obviously, if they had lost, it'd been three 0 and that's that. And it would have been a very sour, dour end <laughs> to an Ashes to then have two more tests to struggle through. Um, but for the time being, for the next game at least, it is on. Um, shall we do our classic? incredible well thought out research podcast of going through innings by innings by looking at the scorecard i don't understand why we need to change the format no <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a curveball if England lost we'd have done a massive change mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll start off we'll kick it off then so uh way this feels like months ago that bearstow run out feels like last year <laughs> um or something sorry um, so yes, uh, England made three changes uh, from the side that lost at Lords. Um, they left out uh, Anderson for rotation reasons, um, Pope for injury reasons, and who was the other? Tongue for rotation reasons, um, apparently. Uh, and they brought in uh, Moeen Ali, um, Mark Wood, and Chris Wokes. Um, and spoilers, they all had an impact. Um, so for the first innings, we'll bounce off. Well, Eng- uh, England won the toss, putting Australia into bowl on a pitch that definitely was the best pitch of the series, I think, so far. It was very fast, very bouncy. It was just quite exciting cricket. Well, I think sometimes the last two tests, there have been moments where it's the pitch is not done a lot and it's felt a bit dead. Um, but this one, it kind of kept bouncing throughout. Um Australia were 263 all out. Um, the two main talking points are Mitch Marsh on his uh, return coming in for Cam Green, scoring 118, uh, a runner ball 118. Um, looked like he'd never been away. Looked like probably the best batter of the test, if I'm honest. Um, and One sec. Oh, spoilers. What's happening? Oh, uh, I think it's something parents were trying to tell me something which I obviously can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to tell you that Mitch Marsh got a run of ball 118. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> so for Jamie and our listeners at home, if you want to hear that again, <laughs> Australia 263 all out. Uh, Mitch Marsh 118 run of ball. 
and Mark Wood five for 34 being standouts. Um, as you're so in the zone, uh, mm. what were your thoughts about this first innings? I think, I think England started the first session really well. I think Wokes and Wood made a noticeable impact. Like we've struggled to get Kawaja out or have any sort of plan to him throughout the series so far. And Wood was just straight on pace, got movement as well, and just knocked him out. Like, yeah. like the rest of Wood's wickets weren't top order, but having him on for the tail end was such a massive game changer. We, we've missed pace this series and in previous series, even under McCullum. You can just see the difference. You can see the mentality of the batsman change when he's on as well. Just a massive difference. The extra yard, isn't it? I think Australia lost six for 23, I think, at the end. Um, because it was a big... This is another test, which is just a seesaw, where you just couldn't, like... Mm-hmm. You couldn't predict really kind of again right near to the end where it's going to go um because England like you say started off really well I think having Chris Wokes and Mark Wood and um added that kind of freshness to the attack I would say they looked like that almost as if England were a bit tired after two tests at Lords and stuff but they both looked right up for it I think Wokes finishing three for 73 um the figures don't really reflect how well he bowled because he had a bit of tap from Mitchell Marsh, who played really, really well. Um, but yeah, he got, you know, key wickets, got Labuschagne now, uh, Travis Head, obviously, is always crucial, and then eventually got the breakthrough for Marsh. Um, but yeah, Wood was just just pace as he responds, as he calls it, woohoo. Um, it was <laughs> it was just wheels. And he's always the most unassuming guy who bowls wheels because he's not massively tall. He's not a really big build. He's just kind of... An, a normal guy, but then bowls about ninety six point seven miles an hour. Um, no, he, he he was it was a great. It's just whenever you have real sheer fast bowling to watch, it just makes Test matches and just cricket in general so much more captivating. I think because you see like someone who like Pat Cummins, for example, was missed that ball by about I don't know <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like do you, always, do you just see yeah, it's always more fun having those sort of fast bowlers as well like Bumrah and Jofra like yeah. they're just like ambling in they're not looking that threatening on the run and then it just, it's just yeah I, I, I love that trajectory of like Wood where he does he, he's ever since he spoke I think to Michael Holding and I think since I think it's March 2019 I think he averaged low 25 I think in test cricket or something um, since he changed his run up to be just a long run up rather because he used to have a short one, but then he's extended it after talking to Michael Holding, who knows a thing or two a bit, bit about pace. Um, and since then, he's just been a force to be reckoned with. He's every time he's been in the test team, he's you know absolutely performed, kept his pace up all the time throughout the test. It was always up there. It was always unsettling. Um, and just, you know, seeing like Kawaja being bold, Stark being bold at, you know, 95 plus miles an hour is just <laughs> c'est magnifique. Um, but yeah, he, he obviously had a terrific game and that really helped set the tone because it, it felt like after that first session, which England dominated, they got four wickets, I believe. Yeah, they got Steve Smith out of the, on the cusp of lunch. Uh, they were 85 for four. Um, it felt like, Ah, oh, this this is this could be a nice, nice, fun, easy win. I never thought that. Um, but then um 
Mitch Marsh and Travis Head batted together really well. Marsh uh, Head got uh, 39, but yeah, Mitch Marsh is 118, pretty much all in an entire session. Um, was just great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that innings from what I saw. My entire notes on Mitch Marsh's first innings score are Mitch Marsh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what more can you like? He's uh, yeah. like a straight replacement for Cameron Green. Yeah. You're kind of expecting this similar sort of. Thing and he just goes and does that like 17 yeah. fours is mad. Cameron Green could never like. I think they were doing a similar sort of tactic, England that is, was in the first innings and the second innings when the head and Marsh were on strike, yeah, like short to head because he's a yeah. big baller and try and get it fuller to Marsh, but they never got it full enough to Marsh and he's just hooking it and pulling it, and it yeah. And the power of the some of the pulls as well, especially I think off Wokes, you absolutely like smashed it into the crowd a couple of times. It was it was just an incredible counter attacking innings. And I think it's his first test since twenty the last Ash is twenty nineteen. Um you, got say, five for you say like Wood is a bit unassuming with his pace. Mitch Marsh yeah. you can tell Mitch Marsh can hit it. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've always quite liked Mitch Marsh. He's just had a lot of injury plagues and stuff. And um, but then Cameron Green's kind of like jumped over in the pecking order. Um, I think Australia have a bit of an awkward selection fought on their hands. If can they get both of them into the same team? Um, you can't really drop Marsh after his good performance in this test. Um, because that that innings got Australia right back in it. Without that, it, you were looking at 150 all out. Like was way Wood was bowling at that pace. Um, definitely would have been a real blow pass score but he managed to battle along but then obviously once he went that's when the procession started they lost six for 23 um and like you say it's it's quite nice for and a rarity to see England just clean up the tail <laughs> and don't worry about it um and obviously yeah would finishing for five of 34 um just a quick extras count there were 23 extras um but yeah less than I really noticed so there were two uh three nobles and then 10 buys and 10 leg buys. But yeah, only three nobles, two of which were bowled by Robinson, who went off after 11.2 overs injured. Um, so maybe so, giving yeah. some credence to the fact that he was never fit to begin with. Potentially not, yeah. Because he's I not mean, been bowling at full pace. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, so I'd imagine he probably won't play the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so a bowler down for England, the same way England, Australia were down with Lyon last game. But yeah. Only three I, noble. I, you say the same, but it's not. I think. <laughs> really, I lion. mean, Robinson's been. He's the. He got. Te- he's had ten wickets in the first two tests. I think. I think he's the third or fourth highest. Which it doesn't seem. Uh, it seems weird. I can't understand. It, but I guess Stark will be slowly getting up there now. But um, yeah, I, bizarre, I think but... Stark is second. I think Broad Stark is Broad Cummins. I don't know. I should maybe I've checked these stats. I can I can okay. do that live if you want me to. <laughs> I mean, it's live for you and me. Not yeah, li- live for you, all... not for anyone at home. You've yeah. got to wait really awkwardly whilst I try and find out um, who are the leading statistici- statisticians, not now statisticians, the leading run scorers and batters. Right, okay, right. So, wicket takers, uh, it is uh, Broad is 16, Cummins 15, and then Stark is 13. Um, so yeah, start thirteen yeah. in two games is is real good. Yeah, it's a bit mad. Yeah, and yeah, he kind of almost like he should have. He, he'll play. Or I don't think Bowden's going to play another Test now. Um, we Hazelwood back in. Um, it, it definitely helps that there's like nine days between the Tests 
hugely, yeah. For, for, for both teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like, especially because Australia have a really good rotation with their team bowlers. Yeah. And primarily for Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, for them to have yeah. basically a week and a half off. Yeah. They can go again and try and win the test match they need to win before it goes to the fifth match. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it also helps Wood. It's only a four-day test, this one. Um, only had to bowl 11 overs in the first innings, and I think it was around, well, a few 17 in the second innings. Obviously, did a job of the bat as well, but did hang around there. Um, but yeah, nine days off is going to help everyone, I think. I, I'd Yeah, I'd imagine it would just be Hazelwood in for Boland. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll jump right in to the second innings. Um England 237 all out. Um doesn't quite tell the story. Um <laughs> mainly uh because uh it, it was looking quite ominous uh when it was 142 for seven. Um Stokes ending up top scoring with 80 um and Pat Cummins getting six for 91. Um this was a concern until Stokes decided just to be God again. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. Like two innings in a row, you've had to rely on Stokes to get you close to what Australia. Yeah. <laughs> not even yeah. over the line. Yeah. And pretty much injured everywhere on his body in this innings. Because mm. I was able to see a little bit of this one because it kind of matched up with a bit of downtime. I was like, hooray. Um, but yeah, um, it's he's basically on one leg, his glute was gone, um, knees gone. Um, and you just sort of see him just hang there. Every shot looked like it was causing pain. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wasn't fit enough to bowl in this game, that's why they played um the extra bowler instead of playing Dan Lawrence. Um, but yeah, the fact he's able to do that on one leg kind of really took the attack to Todd Murphy. It felt very 2019 Headingley vibes again. It felt very Lord's 2023 vibes again. Um, that when he just looks in form, he just still looks everything as good a cricketer as he's always been. It was just it's just great to watch. I love watching him in full flow. Yeah. When he gets that switch on, it's just yeah. you can't not watch it. It's just great. Yeah. yeah. Like he hangs around long enough to be like, well, fine, I guess I'll just I'll just be, you know, the standout player again, I suppose. Yeah, six fours, five sixes. Um, he's way ahead in the international test six leaderboard now. Um, the only leaderboard that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah to McCullum. Um, but yeah, before there's another battle I want to talk about, which because we talked about Stokes a lot last time, but again, 80 was absolutely crucial in terms of the game because it got the deficit down to, I think, 26, um, which, even though you're still behind, it had massive momentum. There was another factor in that. But very quickly, Harry Brook batted at three in this innings. Mm-hmm. Um, out for three, um, which is nice. Um, but then didn't obviously bat at, at three in the um, second innings. Um, I guess this is almost a little bit of second innings chat, but do you think... Brooke will open about three at Manchester, or do you think? Because I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he is, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be Mo either. I really don't know because England just completely changed the team to win, like even within a test match. Yeah. 
that he changed Brooke from three to five, which was yeah. beneficial. And I think yeah. we said last time yeah, we'd move Brooke up to three and it might like help with his composure and concentration to mm. not just like waft at things. He doesn't need yeah. it. And I think that did mm. prove to be the case. They just had to move him back to five so. for that to like come yeah. to position. Yeah. But now I keep Brooke He needed five. that in second I don't think Brooke's position in the team is the one under fire. I think it's Bairstow's. Not Brooke, no, no. I think Bairstow's is the oh, one under fire and whoever the hell we're going to put in at three. Which... Yeah. Like, if they're not going to play a proper spinner, it's difficult might one because... just play Mo. Like, he was... Like, Mo's not offering yeah. any more than what Mo I, I... previously in a test match. Like, to be fair, if this innings, all of the batters other than Stokes and Wood yeah. were a yeah. bit shite. They all lost their wicket oh, yeah. in stupid ways. Mo was predictably Mo. I think mean, Duckett just. Yeah, that was disappointing. Fucking one, wasn't playing it? at Bulls, Ben. Come on. <laughs> I think. Oh. I would, yeah, because considering how well we played, I know he'll say that that's how I score runs, how I get it, but like. Headingly, this pitch was obviously so much more different. You can you can leave. It is fine. It's no one's going to have a go. Right. It's like, not a yeah. I know. It's just have to look how quickly the ball's going through. Oh, <laughs> it's well annoying. Yeah. So I think yeah, a disappointing one. Um. But yeah, I was I was really disappointed with Mo. Um. Because I thought he was batting really well in this innings and looked really composed. And he was like, "This is the innings that we need at this point to just bat with Ben." Um. And then to then get away with one hook shot. And then to fall the next one, it's just a bit like it's frustrating. But that's what you're going to get with Mo. They know that. Yeah, I like. I think there was something on the Sky punditry team that said like Stokes and McCullum don't like dictate what kind of shots the team play. They want them to play like a natural game, which is fine. But maybe they should dictate a little bit so the players don't play stupid fucking shots and lose their wicket very cheaply. Like all of them apart from Stokes did. Yeah, and I think that's kind of you look at Brooke, um we'll get to Brooke in seconds, but I think he's definitely caught on a bit being I can play in a different way and still score quickly. Um and I think if Stokes talks a lot about this team just having clarity clarity in the way they bet. Um I think clarity can just be sometimes have a sensible head. <laughs> I've just chipped one into the middle of these three fielders. Maybe next time I'll just swerve and just make sure I'm stuck in for a little bit. Um, but one player who isn't ducking and swerving is Mark Wood, um, who uh, who scored a crucial, I would say, 24 of eight balls, um, including one, four, and three sixes of a strike rate of 300. This was nuts. <laughs> I think I have... Similar notes on Mark Wood. Nope. Similar. Like, similarly short, but it's just Wood lol. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that epitomizes... <laughs> I mean, he's been a than... good bat for a while. Yeah, I think so. It's... It's been, he has batted very well the last few years in Test cricket, but this one was just nuts. This is just silly. This, this is just, 
<laughs> like, I think the first ball we hit went for six. Um, there, are, there was one or two into a, a huge momentum shift. That's it's just that freedom, the, the clarity, um, that got England up and around ish to par, I think. Um, and you just saw Stokes at the other end just uh, laughing off because <laughs> him and Wood have been friends, I think, for like 16 years, I think it is. Um, so that's just got to be a, a fun feeling for him, just to be like, I don't have to, I don't worry about, I'll just, you can do it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was just like, that was, that was the pure vibes that you needed and wanted, I think. That's, that's the Baz ball that I enjoy. Great, great. Oh, absurdity. 300. Yeah. <laughs> got to go better. 360 next time. Um, but yeah, great. Loved it. Um, Cummins finishing six for 91. I think England would get out to him quite a lot, but he did bowl well. Stark bowled well again, getting two for, uh, Tom Murphy got some tap, um, got one for 36 in the end, but last few overs were expensive, but did obviously get Stokes out. Um, so yeah, with a, I think it was, yeah, it was 26, the lead, um, Australia, um, their second innings were 224 all out um in a kind of an innings of two halves because you had the day end of day two was it i think it's end of day two. um and then the start of or then the evening of day three after it rained all day and it was boomy and overcast where england were able to kind of skittle out at the end um so you would say england got the better conditions there but yeah 224 all out the day two, what I'll note most, I think, uh, we have mentioned him briefly, um, is Mo. Uh, he got he bowled 17 overs on the bounce, I believe, and got two for 34, including his 200th test wicket, which was Steve Smith, which is a pretty good one. Um, and he also yeah, got another shame. Now. game as well. Yeah, they didn't have a good under of game. Uh, oh well. <laughs> so there's big. You've got to capitalize. You know that both Labuschagne and Smith failed again in this test. You and ending and won it. You've got to have to capitalize on one. Um, but yeah, I think although the wickets of Labuschagne and Smith looked cheap, I think Mo bowled very well. Um, in that it was a role he was able to basically do a job that isn't his job. He was able to dry and end up, especially since England didn't have Robinson in this innings. Um, and no Stokes, you're basically down two bowlers. Um, he needed to perform, and 17 overs, two for 34, going at two and over, I think is you know the perfect job you'd want in this in this innings, especially um, especially when it looked like the game might be drifting away at 72 or 68 for one. Um, the two wickets of like I think they're pretty much in overs after each other. I think Oblavishane and Sniff were massive um, in context of the game. Um, how do you think he went? I mean, thus is the perpetual quandary <laughs> Mo, isn't it? Right? Yeah. yeah. He'll <laughs> like completely toss his wicket away and just like do a pull shot, get dropped, do it again and get caught. And then he'll like come back and bowl a great spell. He'll bowl proper good spin that jags and everything. Yeah. And he got probably two of the most important wickets and it's like Labashane was building yeah. you can tell like Smith in his 100th game it's something brewing there so to get him like again like even if they were a bit crap shot yeah. 
they're still on the scorecard as Moeen Ali's wickets. Yeah, yeah. But like he did a good job against the top order of Australia. So yeah, credit to him. It's just whether the general monus of Mo is worth keeping him in the team, which I wouldn't say is because like the general inconsistency. I mean, if he can perform like that, and, and that's his role. Yes, but he hasn't been performing like that consistently throughout his test career. No. And then has been recalled from retirement to do exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he bowled out. He got two important wickets, but it's not. Could it it be a fact that he hasn't played Red Bull cricket for a while? This is now the fourth innings he's bowled in, that he's getting more into the groove of it again. I think the more you bowl, the better you're going to become. And I think less of a finger issue in this game, um, more overs under his belt, more of an understanding of his role. I don't know. I, it depends how he bowls in Manchester. But I mean, the key thing for me was that he was able to keep the runs down in way, the way that Leach would sometimes, um, which is what Stokes desperately needed in this innings with no Robinson and himself. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how Manchester goes, but it was promising. Um, but yeah, quick notes is that Broad got Warner out twice in this game. Uh, in this innings, that was the 17th occasion. Um, just, just happens. You just expect it now. Um, but then batting wise, Uzi got 43, batted well again until Wokes got him. Uh, Travis Head got an important kind of Stokes-esque 77, um, which felt kind of important at the time because it almost gave them momentum. Um, managed to get uh, Marsh out for 28, but it was that afternoon evening session on day three after it rained all day where Wokes and Wood and Broad just bowled really well, apart from Head still smashing it about. They absolutely utilised those conditions and Wokes, I think, especially showcased why he's almost undroppable in English conditions, I think. Yeah, it really... It shows how important the inclusion of Wood and Wokes were in this thing. Like, Wood performed really well in the first inning, and then Wokes got his rewards in this second inning. So I think Wood still got a couple. But, like, yeah, like, the wickets were shared out pretty easily by all the bowlers who were able to bowl. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it. I think it calls into question more the selection for the previous game about Wokes especially not playing. You can have the argument for Wood, like trying to rotate him as Australia would their three seam bowlers. But there was a lot of talk about having Wokes in at Lords because he's played so well there before. Uh, his batting would have helped in that second innings when Stokes was having a mad one rather than Stokes having to, or feeling like he had to take all of the strike. So it's, like especially in the first game yeah. when about half of the players were either coming back from injury or hadn't played test match cricket for at least a year. Yeah. Like you could have easily put in Wokes for that first game and known you got a good game out of him, if not a match winning performance, but he'd have done bits for you. Yeah. He's I mean, he's always always considered he's you know reliable, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. he, you know exactly what you're going to get from Wokes, and he's always going to deliver it, and he's always going to give it the best of his ability. Sometimes when the conditions don't favour him, he looks a bit I don't know 
pedestrian seems harsh, but like on an Australian wicket, for example, he might not get anything. He'd probably end up with no wickets in this game as an example, or sometimes he might not bat as well as he did in this game, but he would always give it his all. And in English conditions, he's got, I think, a better record than Anderson and Broad. Um, so I, I can't see how you don't not play him in the last two games. Um, and he also, especially given his runs down the bottom of the order as well, and his just all-round capabilities. But yeah, I think, you know, would bold well in his innings as well. But for me, Wokes was definitely the standout of his innings. I think, yeah, six wickets in the game. Um, was it? I think it was six, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Um, was a great return um, after not playing test cricket in this basketball era at all. Um, yeah, very happy for Wokesy. So... With no delay, we're going to go straight on to the next innings. <laughs> um, England were set 251 to win. Um, spoilers, they obviously did it. Um, started well overnight. I think they were 27 for none. Duckett and Crawley batted pretty well at a good tempo. Um, just kind of put a big dent into an already small target. Um, but yeah, then the next day, it wasn't quite an all-time classic like I'd say the Edgbaston day or obviously Heavenly but it still had its twists and turns and nerves and things like that um yeah it was it was it was a good day cricket um things to note I think we'll talk about the main ones uh Crawley got 44 and I thought batted very well but is also continuing the new Crawley trend of getting into the 40s and get out um but it's so frustrating because you just watch him. And I think in this series, he's looked really composed. It looks like he's really developed his game. He's leaving a lot more. Um, but then he gets into the 40s. And it's almost like, I'm Crawley last year. I'm going to snick off again. <laughs> it's like you've done all the hard work. And then it's just then undone by kind of old Crawleyisms. But I think he is improving. Um, and I think they obviously will stick with him. But I think he's getting there. He just needs results now because England have dropped like, Lees and generally yeah. similar things. Yeah. So how long can Crawley's like whatever two fifty score against Pakistan keep him in the team? Because I think that three years apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like he is playing much better in this yeah. series, but he's got to start converting at some point. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. No, definitely. Um, it is just a bit. I would I would say though it's from him being on the spotlight all the time, being like he's the one to watch. He needs to be doing better. He's almost gone out of the limelight a bit by being fairly consistently ish good. Yeah. Like he's averaging thirties a series. He is averaging, I think, more than Smith, uh, more than Labuschagne, uh, more than Warner, more than Bearstow. Um, I'm saying more than Warner and more than Bearstow. I thought I just uh, it's not a high bar, is it? Um, but he's, you know, he's I mean, he's up there. He's he's only three less than Brooke, who obviously had a good innings. So I think him and Brooke have had similar series. Um, obviously Brooke went on to do the job in this innings and probably didn't. But I think it's a good stepping stone and a good start. And when he does look in form, he looks good. And I can understand why they're sticking with him. Um, but yeah, Alex Lee's just scored three hundreds for Durham on the bounce now. Um, and he's continuing to score in the way that they want him to score. So. I imagine Lees will go on the winter tours wherever they be. Um, but yeah, it'll be Crawley and Duckett for a little while. Um, main talking point, I think, early doors um, is that Mo batted three. Obviously, we spoke about it a bit before. Uh, I think the interesting bit out of this 
I don't know whether it's it's more to cover up the fact that Brooke didn't want to bat there. Um, is that uh, Mo offered to bat at three because he wanted to impact the game more, um, which is what you want to see. And he, you, I think when Pope went down injured, I think you would prefer the, a senior player to step up and say, okay, I'll take it. I'll, I'm experienced. I'll go there, you know, like I like a root or a bear. So, um, or a Mo um, or a Stokes. Like, I think that's what you're looking for is, is someone with experience be like, okay, it's not ideal. So I'll do it. Um, rather than just, you know, Harry Brook, you go do it. Even though I think it's good for him to get that exposure, it's also good to see an experienced player step up when they off- the other player doesn't want to do it. They're like, okay, cool, I'll do it, don't worry. And that's kind of the character of Mo, I think. he's would happily do stuff for the team. He only got five, but I, I didn't hate it when he came out. No, um, like if anyone is going to come in at three in that situation, I think Mo fits. Yeah. Tell everyone else, like, you don't want to move Root or Stokes from no. their settled spots. Like, Moe's batted pretty much every position for England. Yeah. So far, like, when he first came into the team, I think three would have been a good position for him to. That's where he used to bat at Worcester. Play his yeah. trade. Like, yeah. but like we've said before, he's been fucked around with the where he plays and what role he plays as. And yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of, it's really big of him to take the responsibility of, like, I'm doing this role for the team yeah. just to yeah. get just to see what you can do there just to help us out massively like, the five runs didn't turn out to be insignificant in the no no all of the runs were important to the run chase and course, well, yeah the score run chase like five in any other scenario well shit <laughs> yeah yeah he did take up 15 balls as well that does take some sting out of the new ball and things like that yeah. um but yeah, if he does back their rest of the series, I think that'll be good to be honest, and it helps balance the rest of the side quite nicely. Um, you know, you don't it doesn't, it doesn't look like too long a tail because I feel like Mo's going to offer you as much at three as he would at eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would probably score them quicker at early doors against Newball, and he used to bat there anyway. So I mean, give him free license, give it a bit of a smash. And I think especially. Uh-huh. Stokes isn't going to be bowling. I think yeah. it showed a lot when Robinson went off injured despite him not bowling mm. well. Like the importance of having five bowlers who can bowl yeah. regularly throughout the game. Hugely. So if you can just fit in mode at three, like he shouldn't have come back from retirement in the situation that it was. But now given Pope's not going to be playing the rest of the series, yeah. it does make more sense to just slot him in at three now that he's here. Yeah. Because he can do both jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. Fine definitely. Enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. And but it's, it's it's also just quite nice to see him enjoy cricket and stuff again. That's why. Yeah. But I remember that India series, he looked like he hated it. I um think everyone it, did. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Um <laughs> and it's just when he yeah, when he got his two hundredth wicket of Smith, you could just see the joy and elation and everyone wanted him to do well. And when he came down to bat at three, just the ovation he got as well, which is just like really nice. Um so yeah, I really want him to do well in the last two tests as well, because who doesn't love Mo in the same way most people, you know, love Wokes. Um Rue out for twenty one, out to Cummins again. Um it is getting into kind of broad Warner territory the amount of times Rue is getting out to Cummins. Um, but no one seems to want to really mention it. Um, to be fair, Root has been scoring better than Warner. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, but I would say he has been very quiet after his hundred at Edgbaston. Yeah. I think this innings in particular, he was a bit shaky, a bit a bit frenetic. Yeah, just didn't find any rhythm really. Yeah, but I think in the same way that Smith didn't perform at Edgbaston, but then obviously performed at Lords, you wouldn't mm. be surprised if Root then performs next test. Yeah. Um, he's just that kind of player. Um, but he does feel like he does need a little score, which is weird to say after a guy who's just scored 100 at Edgerton, but anyhow. Um, Stokes out for 13, which felt like a moment um, when he's kind of caught down the leg side and then Bairstow followed shortly after chopping on and, and a similar looking frenetic innings. Um, and then England were uh, 171 for six. Um, and I was on a lovely walk in Dorset at this point. Um, and one of our mutual friends, uh, we'll just call him Lord Ward for the podcast, um, just sent me like, oh, uh, Rip Stokes and Bear Stones. Like, I do not need that on my little happy walk, sunny walk, coastal walk in Dorset. I do not need you to tell me that as something. And then he said, oh, don't worry. Uh, Brooke has saved the day. Um, and then two minutes later, Brooke was out. And I was like, can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> do not get ahead of the game and feel like yeah he's done it no he hasn't done it <laughs> i can't imagine you get a load of messages from the lord either <laughs> about cricket and for it to be <laughs> yeah he, he, oh maybe we'll get him as a guest speaker on the pod at some point um because it I was have, it, yeah i have been yeah. trying to recruit him for the cricket team so <laughs> oh fun um that could be fun but yeah i mean he's, he's got massively into the game this is a completely lord ward chat but yeah it's, it's nice to see someone get actively into the ashes because i think it is a really good series but yeah just the kind of pain of seeing like spare and stokes are out in this already tense chase and then it's like oh god there's still like 80 to win um but i shouldn't have feared uh because brooke got 75 and uh woke scott uh, a lovely 32 um and it just looked from what I did obviously didn't watch it live, but it looked just for both of them quite easy. I think easy is a bit too much. I think Simplest, yeah, too... but it looked they looked there comfortable. Were, is like there what were, I felt. There were a yeah. few ishy moments of top edges and things like that, but yeah, I think especially early on in Wokes' innings, yeah, there could have been a few chances. It, yeah, there weren't any drops or anything. There mm. was... It just kind of went. I saw a couple of went off a splice of the bat into yeah middle of fielders and yeah. things like that, and a couple of gloves and stuff. Like it um, could have been spicier than it needed to be, but like, yeah. He settled down into a yeah sort of match rhythm and got on well, got on well yeah. with Brooke and yeah, yeah. solid partnership. I mean, yeah, and again, Brooke we mentioned before, I, almost like we said, needed that exposure at three, and I think batted in a in the way that he batted over the winter. I think, and he, I think, really needed that innings in a conditions that were a bit spicier. You know, like I've said before, he scored a lot of his runs on flat wickets. Um, but then to do it in a real pressure crunch situation because if he, he if he goes after Bersto, I'd say that's it. Like yeah, sure. Wood batted fun again at the end. He got sixteen off eight and hit Cummins I think for another six, which is good vibes. And having Wokes and Wood finish it at the end is just pure wholesomeness. Um, but I think if Brooke had gone early or after Bersto, I don't think any good vibes are going to get you anywhere near that. Um, so I think the way he soaked up that pressure is going to really help him in his career. I think probably one of the most important knocks he's batted, I would say, 
without being massively over the top but you know the whole series is on the line it's the ashes is at home it's on a pitch that's doing everything starts got five wickets you're going to come in it's that's this is the moment you need to perform and he stepped up and it's, it was good to see because I was starting to have not massive reservations and doubts because he's a very talented player but you just want him to have this kind of innings and this is what we got like he's still very early in his test career yeah. so yeah. it was a very important maturing inning for him like mm-hmm. he, you've seen him in the other games in this series where he's felt like he needed to go at a quicker pace yeah but this felt like he was aware of the game situation and could tell what he needed to do and what he needed to play at yeah. the time yeah i can't really remember what his no yeah his wicket was the nearly that was a city it is like yeah. it's <laughs> england you get so close to like cool we've done it nah let's do something silly and make it <laughs> but it was like dark was going for the court involved and then Cummins went for it as well yeah so they nearly fucked that up yeah so like it was a bad shot in the end but yeah like other than that he batted very well and it's probably one of the better innings for his development as a cricketer like the other scores in the subcontinent was great but like to mature this is the one he did to push on Massively, hugely, and when you're behind the game as well, to step up and do that is, yeah. From what I watched and what I saw, it was it was great. And as as a Lord Ward would say, it was he 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 saved it and he he had done the job. Um, but yeah, I think also to England's favour, um, it felt as though Cummins didn't really have many people to rely on. Um, Stark obviously rolled really well, got five seventy eight. But Boland looked really ineffective. Um, not for 49. I think he's only got two wickets in this series compared to all the bucket loads he got at home in last ashes. Um, I thought they underbold Mitch Marsh. I thought he was pretty good for this wicket. He got a lot, a lot of kind of nip and swing away. Um, and then Todd Murphy only bowled two overs, done for 13. Um, when you know if Lyon had played, Lyon would have bowled, bowled probably the bulk of the overs, even though they only bowled 50. And as Broad said after the game or pr- during the game, that they were going to approach it like a 50 over game. They did it exactly 50 overs. Um, you know that Lyon would have definitely bowled more in, in that innings than Todd Murphy did. And I don't know whether that's just the feeling of inexperience or lack of trust, but um, I don't think it's any fault of Cummins. Um because I know that the Australian media will be out because, you know, a fair few of them seem not like Cummins for some reason. I don't understand why. Um, but, yeah, I felt like he was had his hands tied a little bit, when especially when Bolin was ineffective as he was. Um, it's where he would have loved, like, you know, a Hazelwood or a, or a Lion to turn to. But got to gotta take that. <laughs> it's kind of the double-edged sword of the rotation with the seamers. I think he's right to have done it and brought Bowman back in yeah but like the only bowler that was really doing anything was Stark and you can't keep just keep him on no exactly like, give him a yeah. rest every so often yeah and then like when the two other bowlers are on you're like when's the next time we can get Dark on back <laughs> anyway exactly yeah it did have that vibe didn't it yeah um but yeah it's but it makes it spicy now <laughs> Because now it's 2-1 and uh, yeah, just the pure wholesome vibes of Wood and Wokes finishing it. Good yeah. stuff. 
Love to see it. It was very fitting. Um, it, it was those two at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Like they've they've done a lot of kind of media stuff throughout the game as well. Like they had a little interview, one of those field interview chats where it was just both of them walking around the boundary after like day one or something. When Wood was like saying like, or Woke was saying, "Oh, you bowled really quick today, didn't you?" And like it's like, oh, it's just cute. <laughs> it's just nice, and just to have them both do it was just so fitting and so deserved. Um. And I think as Wood said, he's never won a game with England with the bat before, so he, he really loved that. With um, an average strike rate of 250. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously he was playing with the match in the end, obviously 5 for 24, 2 for 66, um, and, you know, two vital little winnings with the bat as well. Um, just real good vibes, good to see. Um, so it means it goes 2-1 into Manchester for the next game. Um, I think mostly that covers it. Have you got anything else about the match? I don't think so. Like, yeah, it's just good night, good good vibes. Yeah, series on maybe. I think series maybe ish. So, um, I'm it is getting like doubts that Australia will win at Old Trafford. It'll be uh, it will be three two, um, to someone. Because if Australia win the next game, then I think England probably will just bring in random changes and probably steal a win at the Oval like they did in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if England win next game, I think their momentum is firmly of England. Um, because Cummins was asked, Does this change the momentum of the series? and he was just like, No, and they were like, Why 2 1? <laughs> so, I mean, that's the, that's the mentality they're gonna have Manchester's. I think Manchester is a crucial game, um, obviously, but yeah, I think if England win it, they go on and win the series, and obviously, Australia do, then England will win a token week one at the end, I'd reckon. So, I think 3 2 anyway. But which way? Who will know? We'll tell you on the next episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, all around good stuff. Um, just next game starts next week. Uh, I think it's Wednesday next week. It's, it was nine days after the end of the last one. Um, and in named a uh, unchanged squad um, for Manchester. Uh, so it does mean no folks. Mm-hmm. No jokes. Um, but they were never going to bring bring it. Like they've gone this far. They, they, I, 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 you just know that squad mentality or that McCullum mentality, whatever. That it would he folks isn't going to come in whilst Bearslow's there. They're going to stick with him unless England lose the next game, and then it'll be give him a break and then bring folks in, which he just did. But matches do win your matches. I, I would argue when one player isn't playing well it is probably a good idea to bring in a player who is better than that player at that position. And probably, so, and this is, it's, I don't think it's any disrespect to Bairstow's efforts last summer because he had an incredible summer, but it was such a massive layoff. And I would have 100% have played him in the Ashes first up this time round. But you, you start to wonder how much is the confidence of his keeping mistakes affecting his batting and vice versa, then his batting fails, and then does that go into his keeping? Because he is a confidence player. Um, and I just feel that they're both affecting the other. And I hope that he has a... He, he needs a fun... Uh, he need, they need to bat first in the next game, and he needs to get like 80 off 60 and just relieve the shackles a bit and feel like he's contributed. And I feel at the moment, there was also that a bit of conjecture around one of the catches that Brooke took in the third innings that probably should have been Bearstow's, but was it was it more a confidence thing he didn't go for it? I don't know. Um, whilst you know for sure that you've got 
much more of a certainty behind the stumps of folks, and he probably offers as much of the bat at the moment with Bairstow's form. Um, but he's not going to play. <laughs> it will be Bairstow. So. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of any other changes, I'm pretty sure it is being confirmed that Anderson will play. Um, that Stokes said before the press conference of this game that they'll get him as fit as they can be for to be running in for the James Anderson then at Old Trafford. And I think that would just be a straight swap for Robinson. Um, and just the hope that that pitch does what Headingley did. Yeah, like pretty standard replacement, really. Like I think Robinson getting injured helped Wooden Wokes to not get dropped. And their performances yeah. helped with that as well. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like having a player definitely not be available. Yeah. Because just cement that play. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, a little shout out, I think, to um, Broad as well, um, who I think has really well in this series um, and consistently well, um, getting wickets all at crucial times. Um, and that, that's now four tests on the bounce. And I can't see them not playing him in Manchester. So I reckon he's going to play all this series, which for a fast bowler of his age is great. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Um, quick switch over to the women's ashes which is also still alive um i thought this was done I, think um, I said jokingly last step we're gonna smash them from this yeah on. and i think what's happened yeah you had an amazing game at the oval and then an equally great game at Lords. Um, each time the crowd's getting bigger i think it was twenty one thousand at Lords, and it's twenty thousand at the oval um they won by three runs at the Oval, which I think it doesn't quite tell the story because I think Perry got a couple of sixes towards the end, which got it more close than it would have been, um, even though the game was already gone. But they won by three runs and then won at Lords uh, by five wickets, um, which was, again, a great game. Uh, Danny Gibson uh, just doing a cheeky reverse sweep first ball to get four the four runs needed when it could have been squeaky bum time. Um but yeah, good performances all around. Uh, Alice Capsey batted really, really well. Got 46 or 23. Um, Sophie Eckerson always in the wickets. Um, but yeah, just and also a, ma- a main thing to note, um, that is the first series I think the Australia women have lost since records began um, <laughs> for as long as I can remember, um, which is a hell of an achievement to you know, win that individual T20 series against the best team in the world. Um, it's brilliant. So they're currently playing at the moment as well in the first of the three ODIs, a game which they need to win every single game of. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen, it's, it carries on to be as closely fought as the men's series. Yeah, like it finally feels like there's a team that can actually match Australia Yeah, at the minute. And both teams are playing really well as well. Like these aren't yeah. like the men's team where they'll have ups and downs. Like they're just seeming to play really well throughout. Mm-hmm. Like in T20, you're going to have weird clumps of wickets yeah. happen just because, just because it's T20 and you go yeah, exactly, yeah, for it. But like there's some consistency in the quality of games, and it's really yeah. great to see. Yeah, like they're just really two quality sides as well, aren't they? Yeah, 
yeah, they are. I think they're very evenly matched. Um, and just the support as well that is there for every game. Like all three ODIs as well have been sold out, which I think is the first for um women's international games. Um, and that's that's terrific. First one's at Bristol. Um, pretty sure next one's at the Aegeus Bowl or whatever bowl, the Hampshire Bowl um at Southampton yeah and the final one is at Taunton um but yeah so they've all been sold out and it's just great to see grounds like the Oval and Lords as well especially being full to rafters it's fantastic advertisement for the game and fantastic advertisement for a series um so yeah fingers crossed they're currently playing at the moment Australia about 79 for two um so we'll keep an eye on that one and hopefully when we come to our next episode, that series will also be alive still. Um, and hopefully the fans will be as well. Um, because how good would that be that you go into the last game of both series and both Ashes series are mm-hmm. up for grabs? That's exactly what you want. And I think that really helps capture a new audience for both young boys and young girls. Um, it's just great. It's good cricket and it's fun for cricket to watch and I'm enjoying them both immensely. <laughs> It's really good that the men's isn't overshadowing no, not at all. series as well. Like it's standing yeah. on its own and it's providing proper yeah. good things. Like yeah. some proper mad shots as well, especially yeah. I mean I was Healy did a little flick into the yeah. side for six. I don't know if it was oh, I had it noted <laughs> down because it was a mad shot. I think it might have been Capsi. Yeah. If it's Capsie, yeah, Capsi, yeah. Captain Last lined game. up to do like a conventional scoop, but the yeah. line of the ball was different, so she sort of adjusted to do a yeah, idea of a scoop reverse sort of ramp, and it was mad scenes. Yeah, and like Mooney is just mad good as well. Just I mean, Australia are just they're nuts. You just go yeah. through their batting team, and like yeah, um, it's it's it, that's why it's such an achievement to win a series against them because yeah, Mooney, Healy, McGrath, Gardner, Perry. Perry coming in at freaking five, and it's like it's, she's been one of the best, you know, cricketers for Australia, and it's like, oh man. Um, but yeah, it's great stuff, great to watch, great to see. Um, and fingers crossed, it goes down to the final game at Taunton with all to play for, because that's just what the series deserves, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I think otherwise that might be all for me. Um, in terms of cricket to chat, um. Is there any more from you, Jamie? I mean, I've got stats from the men's Ashes series to okay. show yeah, you yeah. how close it is. Yeah. Like, total runs, England, oh, yeah, 1,809. Australia, 1,850, which I think you can count in extras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with its last 55 for England, 58 for Australia, which I thought was interesting yeah. that Australia have lost more. Yeah. Average England, 32.89. Australia 31.8 was it also 8.9 which again interesting that England has got the better yeah of that uh and extra scored England 99 versus Australia's 148 that's so, a story that doesn't it like you've got the the finest of margins and everything and then well over 50 extra extra extras yeah and the that total tells- runs difference is about 40 yeah yeah, where do they come from? So yeah, your your vendetta against extras is well justified. Um, but I, yeah, it should be a bit lower now that someone isn't 
yeah the next match i think they were better in this game um so fingers crossed that can continue um they didn't bowl a single no ball in the second innings of heading there you'll be happy to know i mean seven extras the person who's also not playing in the old traffic game also didn't play that (laughs) yeah um cool right so that'll wrap it up then for us i don't think there's much else happening um necessarily that affects the ashes chat in the crick world um there is some other stuff going on but when we come back to the main podcast maybe that's still happening um we'll be back for the next ashes chat in it'll be about two weeks now two week break <laughs> I, I can play some ghost of tsushima without like having <laughs> work cricket in <laughs> other than the match that we're playing then okay. this is true yeah we have our first game this friday hopefully when <laughs> um the whippets are playing their first t20 game um in london um so we'll give a little review of that that as well it's your wiki keeping debut which we're very excited to see um fun uh yeah if you want to know how that game goes you can follow us but where can people follow us <laughs> Just not Crick Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, other places. There is another place now because we're now also on Threads. Oh, all right. <laughs> Which is the Instagram, Twitter, basically. I've done two tweets because I also just can't be bothered. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow us there, I might, or some people might actually work out how that actually works. But we'll see. Follow us there if you want. You don't have to. What do you call a post on threads? Is it just like a needle? What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna put my needle up on threads. Um, yeah, if you want, check us out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Ashes. Lol. <laughs>